Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers, and I'm not dead. (laughs) You'll get it at the end of the episode. (laughs) You'll get it at the end of the episode. Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm in a pretty good place. If, you, uh, if you're listening in the Gold Squadron Gaze chronological order, then you would have just listened to Mando Episode Zero, uh, which we recorded 24 hours after I had tooth surgery. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, however, my, my tooth is healing very, or my, the area is healing very nicely. I just had an appointment this morning. Nice. Uh, feeling so good. I'm even going to be able to go and get some writing done this afternoon, which is very exciting. But we did record our Mando episode zero while I was on a bunch of painkillers. <laughs> which will be very fruitful uh, when we actually watch the show. Yeah. In two weeks, which I deliberately did as a segue so that I can mention uh, there may be some questions if you're just joining us and we've tried to reiterate it multiple times but we'll be reiterating it now for the final time so if you're joining us after this episode uh, too bad this is your explanation Um, we are not covering Mandalorian as it comes out we are sticking with Bad Batch because we want to give Star Wars animation its due and we want to approach Mandalorian the same way we've approached the last two seasons which worked out really well for us so we are going to finish out the Bad Batch, do our Bad Batch recap, and then there will be a Mando episode zero that we recorded last week prior to either of us watching the episode. So the backlogged episode will come out. You will get to see how wrong we were about several things in that episode, (laughs) but also how right we were about several things in that episode. That's right. That'll be fun. We've got some cool guests that we've lined up, uh, a lot of familiar faces for our our Mando and Book of Boba Fett coverage. So it's going to be really exciting, but for now we are sticking with the bad batch speaking of the bad batch i i don't think there was any any major star wars news or anything that blew up this week that i think isn't complete and utter bullshit uh, yeah i was gonna say nothing we can talk happened. about yeah nothing we can talk stuff about here, always yeah. happens when when i'm choosing like what's gonna go on the show what am i gonna mention what i'm gonna bring up to bradley in the pre-meeting for screening uh 95 of things that happen on the star wars internet get discounted for me looking at it and going this is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever seen in my entire life and i've been to like the first week of an independent drag show uh competition yeah. uh and some of this stuff beats out some of those auditions <laughs> and i'm like mm, we're not gonna bring that to the show we're gonna focus on the good star wars stuff and not whatever x person said this week that everyone's <laughs> mad about did you know bo katan is like 40 40 late 40s again <laughs> save it for our mando discussion because i have too many thoughts on that <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, we do support Bo-Katan Kreese on this podcast, and she did nothing wrong uh, ever in The Mandalorian at all. Uh, all of her choices are good, and I support them. Speaking of choices that are being made by people, uh, The Bad Batch, season two, episode, what the fuck episode are we on now? Nine? Eleven. Ten? Eleven? <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, we're actually, technically we're almost done. Like, we're getting close, like, so. Listen, here's what happened. Here was my Wednesday, all right? Do you know? 
Bradley, look at me. Do you know how fucking lucky you are that you only watch the visual media? <laughs> because there was like four or five comics issues that came out on Wednesday. So I had to read all of those, come home, watch The Mandalorian, and then watch The Bad Batch. I, I could barely watch The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch on the same day. I don't know how uh -huh. you were doing that plus uh -huh. reading. I had like... an additional time. <laughs> and on March 7th, Battle Scars is coming out. And our friends over at the Divas uh, Discord, uh, we have a book club and Battle Scars is the book we're reading. Of course. So I don't even get to delay on that one. Not that I would want to anyway. Oh, this was such a busy Star Wars week. I'm so tired. <laughs> Bradley, can you take us into the episode, please? Absolutely. So we're talking about, like you said, season two to episode 11 titled Metamorphosis. Uh, this week, the Bad Batch finds a mysterious missing vessel. Charles, what is one thing you liked about the episode where uh, Crosshair gets turned into an insect and one thing you did not? Yeah, so so my the one thing I really liked was I really liked the opening scene where Cross, Crosshair wakes up in his bed and he's transformed into a gigantic insect. Well, I really guess also what? liked the, the Kafkaist exploration of, of the futility of, of life and, you know, the bleakness and and exploring that hopeless, oppressive air that really defines this show and this genre. Uh, one thing I disliked is how he doesn't, uh, he does turn back into Crosshair at the end. He doesn't remain a bug, uh, which I did think I was pretty sure was a departure from the original source material. It's been a while since I've read it. Uh, so that was sort of an issue I had. I felt like I kind of kid-friendly up the I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep oh this dick <laughs> Anyway, uh, what did you genuinely really one thing I liked and one thing I disliked? Um, I really like the 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 sort of vibe that this episode went for. Uh, it was a very dark episode, and mm -hmm. I mean that both visually dark and also some dark stuff happens in this episode. And I really did like the way that they handled the pacing and the atmosphere. There's a note I'll have very early on that talks about like the atmospheric quality of how this episode is directed and written and, and scored. Uh, one thing I disliked, I guess I've gotten sort of spoiled on, on the good character moments because I felt like this episode was really heavy on the plot. And other than a few instances where I'll point out, uh, especially surrounding Omega, I didn't think we were getting any of those good character moments that we got like for Faster. Now, Faster was an episode that had basically no relevance on the main plot, but it had a lot of good moments. Uh, and even like, oh, what was the episode after Clone? conspiracy truth and consequences even truth and consequences took time to have some little quiet moments with people uh and this one i felt lacked those that they're there but there's not as many as it, it's a lot of maneuvering people into place for the final batch of episodes to happen bradley what about you one thing you liked and one thing you did not one thing i liked was i love the i like the storyline of uh, there's a creature that's escaped and is killing people very alien-esque you know um storyline uh which i kind of like uh especially with the Bad Batch, you know. Uh, however, one thing I did not like is how the same in the same vein of that, the trope is always that, like, for some reason, our heroes or our group or whoever you're following in the story never seems to die at the hands of this <laughs> mysterious alien that escapes that just murdered everybody else. But for some reason, your people stay alive the whole entire movie. But anyway, uh, that's just a nitpicky thing. I actually very much enjoyed the episode. I thought it was fun. Uh, however, I was disappointed that, in fact, this was not a metamorphosis of Crosshair's character 
character arc, uh, and he was yeah. just a whatever, you know. Yeah, they're really swinging and missing on these titles. I don't think half of them even make sense half the time. I mean, I get this one, like what it, this one's clearly just referring to the the beast, right? Like it's just monster, changing, yeah. yeah, the monster or whatever. So that makes sense, I guess. But like some of these, I'm just kind of like, what is the point of these episode titles? Like they don't make sense to me. <laughs> like the crossing them, being the main. The crossing offender. is the big one. The crossing is the one where you kind of have to squint to be like, uh, I guess you can right. see why it was called that. Uh, faster. I thought just was a bad episode title. Like you could have called that episode driven. Get... You could have called that episode speed. You could have called. I mean, literally anything. Right. Like, they were just faster, picking a name really? out of a hat. Yeah. That one was bad. Uh, I wasn't super wild about tribe. The episode title tribe. Yeah. Again, so some of these some of these episode titles are like swing and a miss. Yeah, they're kind of lame as far as like describing. And metamorphosis just does a terrible job of describing like what actually like yeah the creature transforms at the end of the episode but nobody else metamorphosizes there's no like reason right. for that to be the focus of the episode the thing about title right i'm i'm a writer i mentioned writing earlier i'm gonna bring it up now i fucking hate titles and the problem with writing a title is that you have to accurately set the stage for what is going to be in the thing that you are writing about so like uh the novel thrawn is about thrawn thank god you pick it up and it's pretty clear that it's going to be Thrawn or something like Light of the Jedi, right? The entire vibe of Light of the Jedi is setting up the Jedi of the High Republic. Here is the Light of the Jedi in the galaxy. That's the reason for that title. Or even, uh, I forgot where that was going. Anyway, my point is that some of these titles are doing a really, really bad job of conveying what's actually in the episode. To where the episode is fine, but the label that's been slapped on it is like, why did that doesn't make I sort of squint and you can see where you were going for but right that's a bad title I agree anyway let's let's for real for real talk about the episode uh so you called it like alien yeah so I had three different things that I specifically noted it gave me the vibes of okay. that I really like uh one was dead space the video game dead space okay my second thought was it's giving the middle section of Republic Commando have you played Republic Commando I have not so the middle section of Republic Commando you basically land on i think it's a republic ship uh i don't know i haven't played it in a while and i i'm not allowing myself to buy any new switch games until i finish breath of the wild so get to it in a, a little bit but it, you land on like this deserted ship and you have to run around and it's very horror like inspired uh and then the third thing it reminded me of was death troopers bradley's giving me that look like i should know what death troopers is because i'm sure he's mentioned it but i I have three brain cells and I don't remember I didn't retain this information those are the black ones okay so technically you're right uh, okay. <laughs> canon death troopers referred to the black uh, armored stormtroopers I was meaning it in the context of death troopers the novel oh I don't know what that is <laughs> Okay, so do you remember around the late aughts uh, when for some reason we can't really identify everything was fucking zombies for like five minutes? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Walking Dead came out of this. The Walking Dead came out of the back of this. Gotcha. Uh, because for whatever reason, for like 30 seconds, uh, oh, it was longer than that, we, we got zombies fucking everywhere because we had the 2006 Dawn of the Dead movie that Zack Snyder did, and we had just, they were in every video game. Every video game had a zombie mode. Uh, I was really into it because I'm a big fan of the original Romero Living Dead films, and I also think World War Z is one of the best books ever written. It's seriously 
so good. Death Troopers came out of that. And Death Got Troopers it. was a zombie Star Wars set on a derelict like prison barge and also Star Destroyer, Han Solo and Chewbacca. And I thought it was the greatest thing in the world in 2009. Um, but then I also thought it was straight in 2009. Well, there you go. So anyway, that's what this reminds me of. Okay. I was confused. I was like, what? I was trying to go back to what the original thought process was. And you're like, this reminds you of that. Okay, great. Good. Glad we spent uh, glad we spent five minutes on zombies. It uh, was for you listen, it was very important. Listen, it was very important that I give the context to the novel Death Troopers. Of course. It is absolutely well, if you look at like the the, the trajectory of Star Wars, it seems to come the fuck out of nowhere. Mm. That they're like random zombie novel in 2008 or 2009. Yeah, that's why, because everything was zombies around then. And now we're just tired of them. We haven't had a we haven't had a like mainstream zombie thing in ages, except for maybe The Walking Dead. Anyway, we zip over to Mount Tantus uh, and we meet several different people. Uh, are you ready for a long list of people who are voicing characters? Okay, start with least important and then go to most important, because that uh, way we can end the discussion with the more okay. characters. Yeah. That is what we will do. So the least important person in this scene is Dr. Skulder. Okay. Dr. Skulder is is the doctor who is already there, who's standing on the landing platform. Uh, Dr. Skulder is being voiced by Helen Sadler. We've encountered Helen Sadler before. She is the voice of Rey in basically all of the Lego Star Wars stuff. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is Emery Carr. Emery Carr is the woman that is with um, the man who we'll get to in a minute who disembarks from the shuttle. Emery Carr is being voiced by Keisha Castle Hugh. Okay. Is this person's name? I just clicked over to her IMDb page and I need to clarify something in my brain. Keisha Castle Hughes, uh, I know her generally recently the best for being Obara Sand in Game of Thrones, but she's also been in The Walking Dead, and this is not her first appearance in Star Wars. Oh, who did she play before? She played played the Queen of Naboo in a little movie called Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Oh, so she was the other queen, the replacement queen. Yes, she is the queen uh, in the Padme's funeral scene. Ah, okay. Okay, cool. Specifically, that queen's name is Queen Apala... Apal- Fuck me, I'm going to try that again. Specifically, that queen's name is Queen Apalana. Apilana. Okay. Uh, she is the the queen in the Padme's funeral scene. I like it. Finally, Dr. Royce Hemlock, the least subtle name in this show, <laughs> is being voiced by Jimmy Simpson. Mm. You've seen Jimmy Simpson before, but I bet you don't know you you've seen Jimmy Simpson before. Jimmy Simpson is a that guy on TV. He is best known for portraying William in Westworld. Young I William know him in Westworld. Young William in Westworld. Spoilers. I don't know. I haven't seen Westworld in a, a while. Oh, I well, only saw I guess, the first two seasons. I think that's only a spoiler for the first season, but... Okay, well, he's young William in Westworld. There you go. Uh, the first season of that was so good. Uh, I know him the best for House of Cards. He plays Gavin Orsay and The Newsroom, where he plays Jack Spaniel. But he's a that guy. He's been in a lot of different TV shows, like one-off episodes. He's been in Psych. 
he's been in How I Met Your Mother. Gotcha. He's a that guy. You know, it's funny as I heard his voice when Dr. Hemlock started speaking and I was like, I know this voice. Like, it was so weird. I could not put my finger on it. I had to look it up later. I, the same, I was like, same. No, yeah. I was exactly the same way. I was like, who the fuck is voicing this? Is it, yeah. is, is it like, uh, is it Sam Witwer? Is who's, what's going it's on that here? guy. I know this voice. I know this voice so much. It's, it's that guy. It's that guy. It's Jimmy Simpson. <laughs> who we've seen before. Gotcha. Who is just hamming it up as the voice of Dr. Hemlock. Like he is having the greatest time because Jimmy Simpson normally plays these like kind of, kind of distrustful and skeevy, but not like evil, evil characters. And here he's just getting to ham it up as as like, no, he is the evil doctor character and he is having a blast. I love the portrayal though, because you're right. It's very like Dr. Frankenstein, very like, uh, like he hams it up. It's it's just like a good it's, super villain. It, it, it's doctor. really reminiscent of like, yeah, like the hammer horror movies or like classic yeah. horror movies and the way he plays this evil doctor. I like it. He's like a sec, it's almost like a secondary villain. Like I, I know the, the villain of the show technically is supposed to be the empire but this is kind of like our i guess our face to a villain now uh aside he's from our arc or Tarkin. he's our yeah. arc villain right he's, he's our current villain. yeah he's the current villain right my next note is oh hi nalase <laughs> yeah just randomly shows up she's here nalase <laughs> being voiced again by uh gwendolyn yo uh, i was who... i was shocked to see her yeah well we knew she was coming back because she showed up at the end now in the intervening time i didn't realize that uh she also does a whole bunch of voices in mass effect because i hadn't played mass effect when we reviewed season one but hmm. uh she does a lot of voices in mass effect so i'm mentioning that it's nice to see her back though nala say i was gonna say it's nice but uh i don't know if she's gonna be sticking around very long in this show <laughs> yeah i'm getting the sense that she's, she's making it doing... to the end of the season i don't think so i think her and her and another character good. who we're about to learn about in a second we'll get to him but first uh dr hemlock does drop in the show uh he does confirm that we are we are on Mount Tantus, uh, which if you remember from our bad bet, she's in one coverage. Mount Tantus was a big deal in Legends. It was the Emperor's cloning facility um, where he was doing weird cloning shit because he did weird cloning shit in Legends. Uh, he also came back in multiple clone bodies in Legends, which was hilarious. We don't have time to get into that uh, because apparently Lama Su is still alive. Somehow. I flipped my shit. <laughs> I was watching this. I was watching this with my boy and he knows what he's getting into when he watches these things with me but when they were like because i i thought lamasu was dead we both thought lamasu was dead i did a whole tiktok about how lamasu's dead and then they're like no lamasu's still alive he the did. second they said that i jumped up from the couch i was like what <laughs> what and my boyfriend's like you need to calm down yeah it... <laughs> that is entirely too big of a reaction i'm like he's supposed to be dead the last time we saw him the troopers were pointing blasters at him and i'm we heard blaster fire. I love that. Like, yeah. How was how is he? Apparently, he's alive. You apparently know what? Maybe we maybe alive. we just don't know that Cam uh, and Owens are just like super agile and they just like are able to escape <laughs> blaster fire very quickly or something. I don't know. They they missed. They shot yeah. the blasters, but they missed. Or in in Star Wars fashion, he was shot and presumed <laughs> dead, but then just comes back to life as a cyborg. I guess <sighs> some kind. You know how we should have known is we never saw a body. Yep, that's the my number one rule in Star Wars. Known. We should have known. We should have known yep. when we never saw a body. <sighs> well, this asshole's back. <laughs> I guess. 
Yay. It is time for Whose Goddamn White Baby Is That? The segment of the show where I, a white person, uh, tell you how bad the whitewashing of the clones looked to me on my HGTV in the dark, which is the optimal way to watch this show short of watching it in a theater screen. And my impression this episode was, again, it, it depends on the lighting. When they're, when they're being lit by, like, when they're talking to Sid and they're all on the flat lighting with the hologram, I was like, yeah, this looks okay not great uh but then there's like another shot where like it's wrecker in the background and he's in the shadow and omega's being lit up by like a computer monitor this one looks terrible because she looks like multiple shades lighter than him and like it's the contrast is really clear and i'm like i don't like that so largely it with this one it depends on the lighting whenever they're in like not bright blue lighting they're fine uh otherwise no that that lighting on that it's it's not as good as some of the other episodes we've seen. It's not as bad as some of the early episodes. So that was my impression of how white these people are. Also, they keep their helmets on most of the episode. Once the helmet, when in, once the when, in, out. when in doubt, when in doubt, on. just shove the helmet on there because then we don't have to fix it. Right. There we go. Put the, put the helmet on. Put the helmets on more, guys. The helmets stay on during sex. <laughs> <laughs> And to be honest, I, mean, I actually like the character design better with the models. Like with the, the helmets the on, helmets I like on. the character design better. Loki, me too. Like I started noticing when they do it, because I also don't have to pay attention to how white they look in a lot of the scenes. Uh, but I was kind of like, this season I was like, I really like, because the animation's so good with right. the body movement that I'm like, I'm honestly more invested in these characters with their helmets on. Exactly. And also because I, I just happen to have the Funko Pops of all of the Bad Batch. Oh, I have of course both. you do. The unmasked and the masked versions of all the characters. Um, most of them, I would argue, look better with the mask on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, or the helmets on, I should say. And especially Tech. Like, I honestly, Tech should never take his helmet off. Only for the sheer fact that he has a terrible, terrible hairline. Um, and then they just need to, like, let him keep the helmet on. Oh, not even not even the skin factor. It's literally just because he looks better with his Tech helmet on and his glasses. <laughs> is on like just keep that all that on and then i'm I'd sorry i'm sorry to all tech enjoyers out there uh especially hope i do apologize right. that i have to agree <laughs> with bradley i like tech well enough i am attracted to his personality the helmet stays on loves it <sighs> anyway that concludes our segment on whose goddamn white baby is that uh the segment i feel obligated to point out because i don't want to give the show any sort of praise or discussion without pointing out the issues with the skin tone the Bad Batch has learned about capitalist exploitation. <laughs> the Bad Batch, so the Bad Batch has decided to form a union. That clearly. And negotiate with their employer, continuing the themes from last week of Charles being absolutely delighted to see pro-labor uh, negotiation taking place in this show. There are no politics in Star Wars, and my personal politics do not make it onto this show. These are things that are true and accurate. Yeah, so they're actually negotiating with Sid which is interesting and then they're discussing like actually walking away from Sid because they're like well shit we're being exploited super hard right we don't like this we're not gonna put up with it no we're, we're gonna go on strike we're gonna I, negotiate I for better conditions and if management doesn't acquiesce to our demands we're gonna go on strike and also I like how so I like how tech's like yeah we're probably gonna this is gonna be like the last thing guys like we should just do this although I think common sense would just be like nah we're just not gonna do anything whatsoever and just leave like that would make more sense but i like how tech's like all right for 
story. I see his point to where he's like, uh, well, this job went south. The Epsium job went south, super south. We got to do one good Uh, thing. We're we're mad at Sid about that. We don't want to seem like we're storming out because of that. We want to have one thing go somewhat right. And then we're going to say, okay, we're, we're walking away. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I, right. I get the logic. However, I like Hunter's explanation afterwards. Like, but she like gave us limited intel on this fucking job. Like she never gives us like enough information. And so it's like almost more trouble than it's worth. It's also too kind of a win-win because if, if things go south, which they do, she, they can go back to her and say, well, this is you've given us limited information you give us limited information about the ipsy right. you give us limited information about this we're not doing this anymore bye which is also i think looking at, at the overall arc too with sid and the batch i think that it feels sort of rushed in hindsight like one thing that would have made their hesitation to leave a little stronger is if they i don't know still had a debt outstanding to her but they randomly resolved that off screen two-thirds of the way through episode uh, through season one right and then infested dropped the ball so hard that we have no reason to believe that any of these people actually care about sid which yeah if infested had given us some sort of like deeper connection between the two or or some sort of better character writing then maybe it would have been like okay this makes more sense but and then this season they're they're kind of setting up this eventual confrontation between sid and the batch but we'll have to see where it goes yeah i think they're kind of at that point where it's like oh well now if it didn't happen in this episode now it's going to happen in the next episode because clearly the next episode the next episode is going to be the crosshair episode because they left on a big cliffhanger here and Mm. dr hemlock knows about omega so i think they're gonna send crosshair after omega Mm, i think that's where this is going is now dr hemlock's like well we got to get this clone congratulations we're all going after omega again (laughs) yay uh so i one of the things I do when I prepare to record these episodes is I go through and I read through the, the Wikipedia summaries, even though we don't use them to summarize the live action shows anymore because they totally screwed Bradley up on Andor. Yep. Uh, it just identifies this this place they go to as a village on a planet. Hmm, no idea what let's, planet let's it is. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> let's, it's a village on a planet. We go there. Uh, I do like how multiple times throughout this episode, and remember I mentioned at the beginning thinking there weren't a lot of like good character moments. One of the exceptions is that Omega gets to show off that she actually was a medical assistant. Was she now? Yeah, do you remember this back in season one when they first meet her? She's yes. Nala Say's medical assistant. So she knows all about Kamino and Medtech. Mm. So she can not only identify it, but later on in the episode when she and Tech are getting the data, she knows exactly what console to use. Not even just because she's experienced that kind of console before, just because she's knowledgeable enough in the overall Kamino and medical tech to identify that as what that console does. So I really like how she gets a chance to show off that, no, she did have a job. Uh, she was a she, working class child. She was she was a working <laughs> child, uh, which... <laughs> oof. I'm just realizing in hindsight how fucked up that is. Nala say, what the fuck, ma'am, what, what were you doing? But I did like that a lot. Uh, my next note is, oh yeah, we're doing the horror plot. This was in response to the droid falling out. Right, a little jump scare. A little jump scare. There's quite a few jump scares in this episode. Like, if I was eight and watching this episode, this would freak me the fuck out. Yeah, I noticed that, that like, I know that not, I mean, I know it's for kids, but it's also, like, not in a way. But it is, but it isn't. Um, yeah. 
yeah, there's a little bit of it's it's a, it's definitely a teen show. I would say for maybe not it's, as it's much babies. For it's babies first. Well, older kids first horror movie. Right. It's very subtle, like a very tame. It's very subtle. Of horror movie. Like yeah. if you're over about the age of 15 and you're watching this, the jump scares aren't going to jump you that much. I think a part of it is because you know I've watched enough horror movies that I'm familiar with the timing of jump scares, so I could identify like okay, there's a jump scare probably coming here. If you're like six, you're not going to know that. So this is going to freak you the fuck out. It's like baby's first horror movie. That's so funny that you uh, brought this up because I literally just saw a TikTok today about uh, Toy Story 4. There's a scene in the movie where Woody is in a backpack with Forky and he's not alive yet or he doesn't know he's alive. And all of a sudden, like Forky's uh, googly eye like falls down and then Woody like slowly turns and looks at him and then Forky just screams at him and it's like a jump scare. (laughs) And there's a baby watching the scene and the baby starts crying because it was like a jump scare. It was so funny um but yeah that's what they go well like one time in my house i was like four or five actually i think it was older than that i think it was about six and uh my brother was a big fan of the batman animated series i was not as much of a fan of it uh he was real into it at that age he's he's about two years younger than i am uh but the the episode where two fate harvey dent becomes two-faced like he gets the acid in his face and he turns around and he has like the blue gross two-face that freaked the fuck out of me for weeks <laughs> weeks i was terrified of this thing like i had nightmares about it and that's the thing with like horror for kids is for a lot of kids like this might be the first like alien type thing that they've seen i mean right. alien the movie type thing that they've seen which is kind of neat speaking of uh alien type things hello baby zillow beast which okay. i immediately identified uh as soon as they i saw it that i was like oh this is the zillow beast one you're gonna hate me because again like most people out there it's been forever since i've seen clone wars you, so i had yes. no idea what this was the whole time i i wanted to get your impression of that because i just yeah. watched through all of the clone wars because when it became apparent that my boyfriend and i were going to be get together for a while he needed to know about star wars and then i also <laughs> listened to both dark side divas and first steps of star wars podcast both of whom just did chronological watches of the clone wars so i was very familiar with the clone wars but i wanted to get your impression of did you know what the fuck this was I had not a damn clue at what any this point, was. At, at any, any point. point. So even when they're talking about on Coruscant, you don't remember. I don't remember a damn thing. Literally, I got to the point where I was like, is this just Godzilla? Like, what is this thing? It's like, got all the same rules as Godzilla. It was like, oh, it like like it, electricity or nuclear power or something makes it like stronger. And I was like, so they're just ripping off Godzilla. But then I was like, okay, wait a minute. I feel like I've seen this before. And I know because now after I've gone back and been like, oh this is in fucking clone wars and it's the episode where it like it gets, gets loose in coruscant right yes they do okay they 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 find it on malastare they bring it to coruscant and it gets loose in coruscant uh and it immediately decides it's going to make it its life mission to fucking murder the shit out of chancellor palpatine God. Uh, which there's a pretty good theory that i actually agree with that zillow beasts are force sensitive and it immediately mm. clocked that palpatine was a piece of shit and it needed to kill him oh okay keeps try- it keeps trying to get at palpatine but 
But my question then what would be for you, Bradley, did this, do you think, because there's no way of really knowing, do you think this made you enjoy the episode more or less that you did not know what the Zillow Beast was until after you watched it? Um, I think it enhanced my viewing after the fact, uh, not knowing, like, because I, I think like not knowing the whole time, it was fine. Like, there's no reason to, like, I don't think it matters whether or not you know that this is a Zillow Beast or not. I think it's just interesting. Like, it's, it's a monster that's in Star Wars. However, after the fact, finding out that this was in fact a Zillow Beast, then knowing the history of one, if you've watched the Clone Wars, this is kind of like an Easter egg slash kind of almost like bonus points for you. If you're watching, you're like, oh, I've seen that before. I know what yeah. that is. Which was so. which was my reaction the second I saw it. And I was like, okay, that's a baby Zillow Beast. We're getting bigger Zillow Beast. Now, some people saw like the Zillow Beast in some of the trailers. I completely missed this. Yeah, I did so, not like, see that. First steps of Star Wars podcast talking about like the Zillow. Every time I listen to their episodes and they mention how excited they were for the Zillow Beast. Can't wait to hear the coverage on uh on this episode, <laughs> y'all. Uh every time they would mention it, I was like, where the fuck was the Zillow Beast in the trailers? Did they mistake the creatures from episode four as Zillow Beasts? Like right. what's going on? Nope, nope. The minute I saw the thing, I was like, oh yeah, okay. There's a Zillow Beast. It's gonna grow into the Zillow Beast at some point. Like it has to. Yeah, so they find a baby Zillow Beast and they start shooting it. I do like that they just use blasters. I also like that Omega is like also firing. In fact, there's a moment like where they encounter it in the power grid and she starts firing first. <laughs> like it goes at tech and Omega's just like, and then I pulled out my bow and started blasting. Yeah, you got to. It just, I mean, probably the right call in this case. Speaking of Omega, this little moment when they're outside, several things happen in tandem, all of which I like because we get a moment for every single one of the characters that shows off their personality. Tech makes a comment like, well, it's probably not hungry because it ate all of the crew. Omega, who is a child, <laughs> is like, the fuck do you mean it ate all of the crew? <laughs> she takes a step back and Hunter steps up into her to put his hand kind of around her a little bit because she's clearly horrified by this. Right. The Wrecker steps up to kind of like protect her and comfort her and be like, Tech, dude, shut the fuck up. Tech goes to say something else, like puts his hand up like he's going to say something else. And Hunter just steps in and is like, go do this thing. And Tech's like, okay. I loved this whole little, little, little interaction, second yeah. interaction between all of them. Because I think it did, between Omega's genuine horror at she's never encountered something getting fucking eaten before, uh, to Wrecker, you know, trying to be comforting, to <laughs> Tech wanting to say something and Hunter knowing well enough to cut in. I just loved it. I loved all of it. Uh, the bit where they're flying over and Wrecker is kind of shooting down at the Zilla Beast, it gave me video game vibes. I don't know why. Like, yeah. like a turret section in a video game, which a lot of this show is like contains various things that I'm like, oh, you you almost could be from a video game. Some things are. Yeah, I realize, you know what they haven't done? I mean, I don't play this game, but I feel like you could incorporate a lot of aspects of the show into uh, the Battlefront games, um, just like as like missions slash games. Yeah, 
I think they've shut down like new content for Battlefront. They did shut down new content for Battlefront 2. I remember because do you remember at the start of these episodes we talked to all that like I look at about 95% of controversies and go this is bullshit. When they shut down a multi-year long game that had been running for an extended period of time and they didn't even shut it down actually. That's the wrong verbiage. They just said we're not making any new content for it. We're keeping it up and running. You can still play it. Right. Everything's the same. We're just not going to support it with new content anymore. We're going to move on. And the collective uh, Star Wars fan base who simps for major corporations and thinks that corporations care about you uh, did whole petitions to like support Clone War or support Battlefront 2 with more content. And I'm like, they're like, one of the ones that was the dumbest one that I saw was like, we are willing to pay you our money if you will continue to support. I'm like, don't. Tell EA you're going to give yeah, them no. your money. They already do that shit. EA you are don't bastards. <laughs> They're fucking bastards, dude. They want your money. Don't right. simp for EA. Don't tell them you're willing to give them money. Make them fucking earn it. Yeah. Christ. I'm thinking... That also, was so dumb. Shouldn't they just make another game then? If they're like, they're okay, probably making another one. They're, they're probably already probably making a third one, on. then, right? Okay, they're cool. probably making a Battlefront. Got is it. probably okay. what's going on. I genuinely recommend to people going on YouTube and watching someone else play the Battlefront Two story campaign because it's actually really good. Uh, it had a good tie-in novel. It's pretty great, and it got uh, a continuation that was also very good. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's probably going to get a Battlefront Three. Hopefully, we get an actual like story mode or maybe like a Galactic Conquest again this time because we're getting super off track i would like to see the bad batch in that although they did add the bad batch to lego star wars the skywalker saga yeah but they added everything to that so that don't count they did not add omega which is annoying and dumb that's sexist they added kind of is (laughs) no like it kind of is uh sexist definitely i do think that they didn't include omega as a character in the character pat for uh, the that bad would so, so the much bad sense. It is she's a main character in the show. And like she's you have the like, main character in the show, basically. <laughs> yeah, arguably she's the main character in the show. Right. You have like child Anakin, I'm pretty sure, and child Boba. I don't know why you you wouldn't put like child Omega in it, or it, it doesn't make sense to me. Make it make sense. You literally have Grogu in there and he is a infant. Fuck off. Anyway, we've gotten massively off track. My next note is hello again, the Zillow Beast. Which one quir- one qualm I do have about the episode is once the Zillow Beast becomes the Zillow Beast, it doesn't do very much. Yeah, it's just kind of there. It just screaming. eats power and screams and tries yeah. to run away. And like maybe the Zillow Beast will come back. I bet they're gonna free it in the finale. Also, so we know that this is a cloned Zillow Beast. I believe they said it was a cloned Zillow Beast, and they'd gone in and they'd fucked with it to make it even less resistant even more resistant to blaster fire because the original was resistant to blaster fire gotcha okay because i was confused about like it was a clone so is this theoretically a clone of the original one from the clone it wars? is a clone of the original one from the the clone wars but one that they've specifically gone into fucked with so for people who who are like bradley and did not want to go back and watch the original episode they do kill the original zillow beast at the end of that episode Got and it. then palpatine is like take the zillow beast away and clone it uh and then he does an evil smirk at the camera and then this is never fucking mentioned again because the Zillow Beast was such an absurd model that they never brought it back because that episode was absurdly expensive and time consuming. Makes sense. Okay. But yes, the Zillow Beast is here. The animation is gorgeous like once again. However, I want to move on from that quickly Uh, and do mention we get a few shots of Gonky which is nice. I'm glad the show remembered Gonky exists. Mm -hmm. Yay. (laughs) 
I love the bit where Tech's like, I'm not done downloading the data, we can't leave. And Omega's just like, unplug, you're done, let's go. Right, we're about to die, we need to leave. Oh, I did love that. I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff here, so we need to move on. They, the Empire captures the Zilla Beast. The Bad Batch is, is escaping. The Empire starts landing troops on this village that all saw the Zilla Beast, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, this is getting interesting. shouldn't have seen that. So I'm very confused, like, what happens at the end here because I was like in this watch through I was like so are they gonna like just murder all these people nothing like... fucking good is going to happen to them <laughs> Jesus nothing like, fucking yeah. good is going to happen to them because they saw something they were not supposed to see right and uh did you watch Chernobyl Bradley no. did you watch you I watched should the first watch episode, Chernobyl but... it's it's a lot of the same team as as did Andor mm, okay. uh did Chernobyl it's really good uh but this also happens and this happened like in real life too uh, is one of the things that is accurate uh, that all of the people in Pripyat who was the town that was near Chernobyl when the reactor melted down uh, they were basically told you're gonna leave for like two weeks pack all of your stuff um, we're relocating you and they never went back got it uh, so this was a thing that has happened quite a few governments have done this too is that if people have the misfortune of being too close to a thing that happens the government will best case scenario relocate you worst case scenario you will disappear. So that's bad. Fascism yeah. is bad. I, I don't know if we're, we're getting that impression from the various shows coming out this year, but we don't like fascist governments very much. I do yeah. like how when uh, the Marauder sweeps down and they get on, uh, Tech secures Omega's brace first before putting on his own. My friend who is a flight attendant would be delighted to see this. <laughs> uh, what is it with... <laughs> I feel like every gay man in the world knows at least one gay flight attendant. Like one of the people in your circle is guaranteed to be a flight attendant and another one is guaranteed to be a real estate agent. Does does one? At least one. <laughs> uh, I have one flight attendant and about three real estate agents. I like that. Oh, I, I trump your real estate agent because I have a couple who is a real estate agents together oh so they have a joint venture as real estate agents together and they are married I, so i could not work with a partner i <laughs> i could not do that no please uh, do I not would, do that people no. My partner is who I come home to to vent about my day. Yes, and if you I don't, work with your partner, I don't want yeah, to no. work with my partner. No. That's a terrible idea. Never Ugh. work with partners or family, people. It is a bad idea. Do not yes. do it. Yes, yes. The only reason I can get away with kind of working with my best friend is that we make so little money from the venture that I don't care about it. There you and go. so if he fucks up the bookkeeping, which he has done on multiple occasions, it doesn't bother me that much. No, there you go. Ugh. I, I briefly lost track of where it was in my notes. Okay. They're going to send the data on the Zilla Beast to Echo and Rex, which rules. Uh, I'm sure that will come back later. Cut to Mount Tentis. We see some stuff that happens. I do want to note something about this clone trooper that's talking to Dr. Hemlock before we get into the conversation on the landing pad. So okay. do you remember all the way back in War Mantle, my favorite episode of season one, where they run into the clone commando and I'm like, oh, that's the same markings as Scorch from Republic Commando, a character who is technically canon, but not explicitly confirmed that that is Scorch from Republic Commando. Do you remember that mm -hmm. conversation? 
conversation? Yes. I know you've drunk a lot of alcohol since then. So yeah, I, I sure. vaguely remember this, but yes. Yes. Yeah, it, it's Scorch. It's confirmed by the end credits being voiced oh. by Dee Bradley Baker, you know, who voices all of the clones. It is confirmed by the credits that that is Scorch from Republic Commando. I did double check what happens to Scorch in Legends. Scorch does join the Imperial Commandos. He does remain with the Empire after Order 66. That book series started with the first Imperial Commander novel and never finished because Karen Travis, who is a shit writer and very bad, basically got super mad that George fucking Lucas decided to not do Mandalorians exactly 100% like she wrote them in her books and refused to do any more Star Wars novels. I was actually just having a conversation in the Divas Discord like two days ago about the Mandalorian, like the episode of the Mandalorian. And somebody pointed out to me, they were like, Charles, I really love how every time you bring up something from the Republic Commando series or Imperial Commando, you have to stop and specify how bad of a writer you think Karen Travis is. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I will continue to do this until the end of my life because I don't like those books very much. Well, then that take that as the opportunity that you need to pitch your own Republic Commando books to Penguin House publishing or whatever whoever uh, it's del rey that publishes so del rey publishes the star wars books uh in association with say in association with lucasfilm i could pitch that here's the thing about my republic commando series it would be very gay <laughs> well one it would be very gay anything i wrote for <laughs> lucasfilm would be extremely gay like we're talking Alyssa wong levels of gay it would be how much gay i would want to put in it gotcha. no I don't know if people would want me to write that for the same reason that I've always wanted to write a, a Warhammer 40k tie-in, but I don't think anyone else wants me to do it because my view on Warhammer 40k and also the Republic Commandos is probably going to be a little different than other people's views. A Republic Commando novel for me would be very interesting, let's put it that way. Okay, we'll keep that in mind for Lucasfilm. Yes, so Lucasfilm, um, that's not a thing that I want to pitch. But if you do want to hire me to to write that, I am available and, and can write it. It's, it's not the thing that I would want to write. Uh, I have a specific thing, actually, that I've always wanted to, to either write or see. This is not the space for that. I like the little animation touch where Hemlock is giving his orders to Scorch. And he reaches up with his, like, ungloved hand to touch his gloved hand. Like, almost like the gloved hand is mechanical and he's doing, like, a phantom touch. And, like, this is a thing he does when he's thinking. It's a choice that an actor would make and the animators have done it. Mm, Which I okay. mentioned in in uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn episode that Hunter does some of these with his movement when he's in the helmet. And it's what makes the helmeted version so interesting and dynamic is the animators are good enough at this point that some of these choices look like choices an actor would make. My only note about the Lama Sioux scene is, oh, it's this asshole again. I forgot how much I fucking hate this guy. You have to have a, what, what do you call it? Not an antagonist, but a bad a person. Dick. <laughs> Just a bad a fucking person. dick. <laughs> he's an asshole. Uh, you gotta have like a really good villain and he's, he's a really good villain. He's a kind of skeevy wannabe political also the the voice think 
Bob, what is his last name? Bob Bergen is back voicing him and, and again, having a ball being Lama Sue. He's like your, your assistant manager or whatever that wants to, clearly wants to work for corporate, but is working as like an assistant manager. It, he has that vibe to me. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's all my notes on, on the episode. Do you have any 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 final thoughts on the episode, Bradley? Yeah, uh, you know, this was a step up. And we're getting, I, I think, like, the last weeks was not that bad. I think the week before was kind of meh. And then we were like, okay, we're finally getting something with Ben, uh, Benny. And that kind of stuff was interesting. Now we're getting a little bit more into the end game of this season. Uh, so I think they're really starting to ramp up like, okay, what's the final arc of this story? Um, and they are hinting at that with obviously we got to get Omega. And I, you know, I like, I like where this one's going. I like the new characters. I feel bad for Omega that she's always going to be on the run for the rest of her life. <laughs> Clearly, because everybody always wants Omega. Now, whether or not they are successful in getting Omega would lead me to believe that that's our way of having yet another season of this show but we'll see what happens in you know order 99 who knows plan 99 yeah plan 99 yeah uh my final thought to this is very much a maneuvering into place episode uh i need to find a snappier way to to describe that uh mm-hmm. but that's very much is what this is 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 we're maneuvering the characters um there's like a conversation that tech has with hunter that i completely skipped over uh because i didn't have really anything that i wanted to say about it where tech is basically like oh the empire doesn't want to wipe out cloning they want to control it and monopolize it, which is a thing that authoritarian governments do, where they want to specifically control the means of production. Anyway, we, I, I'm not going to go off on that tangent, but they're clearly setting up where this is going to go. I thought that the episode was fine plot-wise. Uh, the episode was really interesting animation-wise, fun, well-directed. I, I just didn't think it was as strong as it could have been, but I don't really see that much like missed opportunity here. So overall, you know, I really liked this episode. When I eventually do my rewatch, I'm probably not going to tune this one out. Uh, like I may certain others this season right. um, and just kind of let it play uh, while I do something else. Uh, this one I, I really like. Not as much as I liked last week, but this one I really like. Um, we're, we're headed into the end game here. Mm-hmm. We sure are. Yeah, we got five episodes left, which is four weeks. Let, let me see if I can I can name them. So okay. we have uh, The Outpost, Pabu, Tipping Point, uh, The Summit, and Plan 99. That's correct. And, and you did it in order, too. I did it in order. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah, we can guess that the outpost is going to be Crosshair's episode. Uh, yeah, we're going to go back to Crosshair. Okay. Uh, I think I think that the prediction is probably correct. Got it. And then Pabu is going to be this random-ass episode. I can already call it now. Uh, I don't know why. It's got a random-ass name, so it's going to be a random-ass episode. I'm already it's, calling it. It's the, it's the Red Fire Ferret. Right. I'm telling you. It's going to be... They're from, just going to introduce that same Legend character. Legend of Korra. Well, mm. I'm pretty sure it's a red fire ferret uh, in Legend of Korra. I am almost certain that someone, probably from First Step, who are big Avatar and Legend of Korra fans, will tell me if I'm wrong uh, on that. But I, I do think, I'm curious what that episode is. I don't want to say I'm excited for that episode, but I am curious about that episode. I mean, clearly it's the episode where Omega gets her own fire ferret. Yes, and, which duh. is correct and good, and I love that for her. Actually, I wouldn't mind her getting like a pet or something. Like, I feel like she could use like she has a dog donkey. or something. Nah, that don't count. She has then donkey. That's, that's everybody's pet. I need her to have her own pet. <laughs> you want her to have her own droid. You want her to have her own pet. You just want Omega to have her own sidekick. Which is AZ. 
which I need her to keep. Which should have been AZ, but AZ got one brief... AZ has been in this show twice. Yeah, once, now that I think about didn't it. even have any speaking lines. The other, the speaking line was treated as a joke. Maybe ah. they'll, maybe they'll get him back from Sid at, at the when she portrays them by the end of the season. Maybe that's my guess, Oof. my theory. I yeah. don't, I don't like how they've treated the droids in this season. Yeah, they where they, they forgot about Gonky. Yeah. They forgot about Gonky for nine episodes. AZ is a punchline. They introduce a completely new droid in one episode for Fee, who then gets blown up. I don't like this. Anyway, we will be back next week for the Outposts and run the socials. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. Uh, it is with a heavy heart we are recording Gold Squadron Gates today uh, because <laughs> Charles Rogers is dead. Uh, unfortunately, God. on Thank his deathbed, God. he told me as he held my hand dying, he said, continue the show without me. <laughs>